as always, a reminder, if you are listening to this live, uh, or not live, if you're listening to the audio version of this, uh, welcome to Morbid Mondays, a, uh, a show in which um, it's basically a lot of, uh, you know, random mon- nonsense. So, um, hey, it's been a while since we've done this. It has been uh, just a lot, of, a lot of business on my end that made it um, kind of impossible to do this on a weekly basis for sure. I'm, I, I believe I've got it where we're going to be doing this at least once a month. Um, Podcast in the Woods, hello. Hello. Um, who is Podcast in the Woods? You don't have to tell me live. I'm just curious. Uh, I keep seeing that pop up and I'm like, I don't know if I know that. Um, but welcome. Um... So, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's been... Uh, what's up, Alan? Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've done it. Um, unfortunately, if you look over behind me, uh, this almost didn't happen because uh, faithful mascot of the Dark Parade and your pal and mine, Johnson the Wonder Dog, a uh, bit under the weather. Had to go to the vet today um, because of uh, a recurring upset stomach. And... Uh, so now I've got to give them all kinds of antibiotics. Oh, Boomer. Right, right on. Okay. Um, well, that's who Podcast in the Woods is. Awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I've got to give him antibiotics and probiotics and put stuff in his eyes. And he's on a special diet, which is nothing but like boiled chicken. And, uh, I'm telling you. Uh, pet ownership, not what it's cracked up to be. Although, you know, he's, he's a pretty good dog. Uh, but we spent a, a long morning in the vet's office today. So we're, uh, hoping that, uh, over the next few days he is, he is feeling much better. I feel really bad that he is uh, a bit under the weather. Um, so that is partially to explain why, uh, I have not been doing this on the regular. Also just last weekend, I was on a cruise, and I wish I could show this more appropriately, but I don't know if you can see this. I'm starting to peel like a a leper, and, uh, you know, it's the curse of the Irish, man. You get just a a whiff of sun, and you turn beet red is how that works. So, uh, the cruise was fun, though. Uh, I was on the cruise with uh, Pick 6 host, uh, Chad Cooper, and myself. Uh, along with his family and we had a wonderful time. Um, here's a little sneaky trick I learned via chat. So we, uh, you know, not to get too deep into the woods on this, but, um, he, he works for Disney. Chad does. And so he gets these incredible rates to go on Disney cruises and it's really inexpensive for us to do so. And that's why we ended up doing it. Uh, as opposed to some other vacation, but it was just like, Hey, I've never been on a Bahamian cruise and it's not going to cost very much. So, um, so that's what we did, but, but the Disney cruises, um, don't allow you to take on a lot of booze. They, they cap you at like a six pack of beer or a couple of bottles of wine. And so I went for the wine. I'm more of a wine drinker than I am. Uh, an aficionado of the liquor. So uh, Chad, however, had a sneaky little workaround, which is to take the six pack of Bud Light that he had purchased, uh, drink or dump out the beer. In this case, I think he just dumped it out and fill all those bottles with bourbon and then recap them. 
And so he had, you know, what is that, 72 ounces of bourbon uh, on on the trip. Um, and it was pretty good. It was a pretty good way to game that system. So if you're ever looking for uh, a way to sneak a lot of booze onto a Disney cruise, there you have it. There's the way to do it. Um, so what else? Uh, in addition to all of that stuff, we've obviously been doing a bunch of episodes the, this past month on uh, dark parade has been a little bit of a, a, a mixed bag of just different movies that I kind of wanted to talk about culminating with uh, resident evil. Welcome to raccoon city, which will be dropping this week, um, which is a, you know, uh, the most recent adaptation that I discussed with uh, Court PsyOps. And I think you're going to enjoy that. Um, in April, though, we are back to a theme. Which, like January was a listener request month. February was more of uh, whatever I wanted to watch. It was like kind of a me request month. Uh, March, a little bit of a grab bag. April, and, April May, and June are all going to be theme months. Um, April is going to be all 80s horror. Uh, and I've got those shows selected and and uh, ready to go. Um, then May will be horror on the seas or and under the sea, and then June will be our uh, celebration of uh, Universal Monsters because it rhymed, and I'm not above it. So uh, that is going to be the next three months of the Dark Parade, and of course all the usual bonus stuff. Uh, Heart of Horror is coming. You're because we didn't really have an opportunity to record a March episode. You're going to be getting two Hearts of Horror in April. Uh, what you watch and some found footage fool stuff, and more importantly and more exciting to me personally is I'm slowly getting ahead on um, all my scheduling for these shows, and so I should uh, be able to start doing some additional bonus stuff that is going to be much more related to, um, I like there are some interviews that I want to do, uh, some special reviews and, uh, and, and that kind of thing. Um, Alan asking an important question from the chat. Do they have those Disney lemon margaritas on the cruise? I don't know. I, I did not order, uh, a, a Disney lemon margarita. um, and I ended up mostly drinking either the wine that I brought on board. I'm a, I'm a particular fan of reds and, and Malbecs uh, in particular, kind of an Argentinian red as a rule. And uh, I supplemented those with, I had a margarita, it was on, not a lemon margarita, but I did have a margarita, but mostly I had Mai Tais. I drank probably four or five Mai Tais over the course of uh, the, the four or five days we were on the ship. Um, which were great. And, you know, I'd heard like, oh, these are going to be wildly overpriced. And I think that it, it's a function of the fact that I live in Nashville and the downtown liquor prices in Nashville, because it's a tourist area, are so high that I just assume that any mixed drink is going to be 10 to $15. And on the ship, like the Mai Tais were, you know, eight bucks, which is probably a little high, but not crazy. So, uh, anyway. I, I did not find the liquor prices to be outrageous. And, uh, and in, in the evenings, um, I would just go uh, onto the veranda of the stateroom and have a couple of glasses of wine and watch 
you know, the moonlight on the waters. I, I wish I had the, the picture of that uploaded in a way that I could show you because it was just gorgeous. Like watching the moon reflect off the waters of the Gulf was worth the, the uh, price of admission alone. Um, yeah, fruit bomb indeed. The, here's the thing I liked about the, the Mai Tais was that, um, depending on who made the Mai Tai, you got a different combination of fruit and never a cherry, but sometimes it was a pineapple. Sometimes it was an orange. Um, I preferred the orange, I think, but yeah, it was good. And I, I don't I, like, that is not my typical, uh, drink of choice, but there was something about reading a book on the deck of this ocean liner drinking a Mai Tai that just felt like something that ought to have been done. Um, and yeah, Boomer saying that he's a whiskey person, him, uh, his self, his own self, uh, I think is the proper grammar for that. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I'm much more like a scotch person as a rule, but you know, when you're on a boat, you drink a boat drink. Um, Boomer also asking about uh, the the horror under the waves uh, and on the waves um, series. Have I seen Sea Fever? I have seen Sea Fever. That is not one of the films we're going to discuss, at least not this time around. Um, I like Sea Fever. I don't think it's fantastic, but I thought it was good. Um, it was uh, you know one of those things where it's like this is clearly a, a limited budget kind of film. And what they do with that budget is pretty impressive. So, you know, I like it. Um, Alan's saying he's gearing up for Tiki Drink Summer. You know, I'm uh, here's the, the new thing I'm going to do is uh, in a couple of weeks, um, Nashville, uh, which I'm right next door to. I kind of live in a bedroom community near Nashville. And... Um, you may or may not know that Nashville is the home of the Goo Goo Cluster uh, candy. And so um, my my lady friend is has booked us a, uh, a, a bit of a, an adventure where we are going to go drink wine and make Goo Goo Clusters. And uh, I'm very excited about this. Um, both because there are going to be delicious chocolatey treats that we are going to make ourselves, but also because, uh, it's wine and I, I like a good glass of wine. Um, so that's <laughs> more, more on that later. Uh, we'll report back on that, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's been kind of an adventure of late. There has been a lot of business, um, afoot, uh, both on, on the dark parade stuff and just, you know, personally just work and travel and, and all the stuff that happens when you're, you know, a human being that has to live and function in this society. But, uh, enough of that business. Let's talk about, uh, some, some recent watches of mine. Uh, that is something that I don't have, like, there's not a great place for, um, me to talk about just new releases that I've been watching. And so as I'm thinking about, like, I'm constantly thinking about how, to, how do we make, you know, not just Sinister Sunday, but like, how do I make all the stuff that I want to talk about kind of fit into the, the Dark Parade stuff? And so I think Sinister Sunday is going to be like uh, the, what you're watching with, with Jamie and Bo is partially this, but this is a more conversation we're going to have about these movies. So, um, if you saw the thumbnail for this video or, uh, got here, 
before the video started, you saw a a still from a movie called The Spine of Night, which uh, recently dropped on on Shutter, and it's an animated fantasy slash cosmic horror kind of film, but it's it's very much in the vein of like the Ralph Bakshi. Uh, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit, that kind of stuff, that kind of animation style. Um, very traditional animation. There's, I mean, I'm sure CGI is employed in, in places in that, but it's largely like a hand-drawn kind of thing. Um, Patton Oswalt does a, a voice, uh, actually a, a, a pretty stacked voice cast. If, uh, if I remember exactly, I know all the actors, not all, but a lot of the main actors were people I knew Richard E. Grant, uh, plays one of the characters. Anyway, broad sweep of the, of the movie is that it's, uh, you know, a fantasy realm where this, uh, a character referred to as a swamp, witch, um, as voiced by Lucy Lawless of, uh, Xena warrior princess fame. Anyway, she um, is sort of journeying to the top of this peak where an undead warrior guards this blue flower. And she basically comes to him to tell him this story of like, hey, these blue flowers kind of got out. Uh-oh, you can get a little Tully action here. Come here, buddy. Um, there's a, right there a little bit of Tully the Wonder Cat. Um but yeah, so this uh the this blue flower that has this sort of these magical powers, and if you uh, you know get exposed to it, it can uh, in, in some cases like create sort of just this evil urge inside you. You know, it's kind of a corruptive power and whatnot. And it, it's her kind of climbing to this peak to be like, hey, these blue flowers got loose uh, down below and caused some really serious problems and um yeah and uh but anyway it's it's kind of an anthology because there's a lot of stories uh you know there's sort of the story of the swamp witch and then there's the story of this uh sort of uh uh, order of uh mystics and researchers and then there's another story that is sort of like here's the origin of these blue flowers and then there's another story that is like here's the siege of this city and um and the wraparound story being uh you know the Lucy Lawless character talking to to this you know undead warrior not unlike something you would see in that third Indiana Jones uh last crusade film of you know this the guardian of this flower and whatnot and it's you know, hit and miss. Some of the stories are more compelling than others. Some of them are really good. There, there's a, a couple little mini stories baked in um, that are, you know, interesting. I would say, uh, if not necessarily compelling. And overall, though, I thought it was really good. It's it's fun to see that hand drawn animation being employed again. Like it doesn't have the polish of like a Disney film or a Pixar film, and that's kind of one and the same these days, I suppose. But it's really fun you know and it's incredibly violent and there's you know a lot of nudity in turn well i mean it's animated it's just drawn nudity but there is some nudity in it and you know it's just a grown-up fantasy story and i kind of like that you know there's not a lot not since 
geez, you know, maybe the original Conan is the last one I can think of that as far as this is a well done, serious minded kind of fantasy story that is geared purely for adults. And it invokes, uh, even though it doesn't have the soundtrack, but it invokes uh, a lot of, um, you know, the vibe of something like a heavy metal as far as just being like, this is animation intended for adults and um, we're just using this to, you know, kind of do whatever the hell we want in, in this uh, world where the animation kind of takes the place of expensive special effects and, and so forth. So I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, the spine of night was, was good. I, like I said, I did there. Some of the stories I was less into, but it, it nonetheless, I was kind of into it the whole time. And I really, I liked what the movie was going for uh, as much as I did the execution of it, that I, I just wanted to support a movie that was about this. Uh, kind of kind of topic and yeah so i highly recommend it if you've got shutter by all means you should check out the spine of night it, it's a uh, a fun movie you know put the kitties away um you're, you're not going to want to answer the questions that they have about like what is that hair between her legs and stuff like that uh <laughs> so in in further movie roundup uh, before we leave that, Boomer did say this sounds kind of like Love, Death, and Robots, which I have not seen. But I would kind of argue this is probably a little less polished than even that, because some of the stuff I saw from that was like very like clean and stark CGI, uh, and this is all very hand-drawn. Um, okay, so back to movie number two, which is fresh on Hulu. Um, you might say to yourself, is it fresh? Fresh. Is it exciting? And that is both a reference to uh, a song that most people have never heard and also um, a little diminutive when you talk about a movie like this. Uh, Fresh is a movie that stars um, Daisy Edgar something. Hold on, I'll get to the bottom of this. And Sebastian Stan of uh, Winter, Winter Soldier fame. And what I really liked about the movie Fresh is... It doesn't really reveal itself. Daisy Edgar Jones is the is the actor's name. Um, it doesn't really reveal what the movie is about. So I'm I'm not gonna talk about the plot, other than to say the performances of Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan are very very good. Once the movie reveals what it's about, it it you you really kind of dive into a deep end of like, oh, this is a really interesting premise. And uh, this was recommended it to me, recommended it, recommended to me by um, our Heart of, our Heart of Horror co-host, Kate Pollock. And she told me what I'm telling you, which is know as little as possible about this movie as you can going into it and then just let it reveal itself. And that's what I did. That's what I'm going to suggest that you do. It is very fun. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Get Out to an extent. It's not, you know, certainly not dealing with that kind of uh, racial stuff um, because, you know, the two main characters are, are white folk. Uh, but it it has a little bit of that like, okay, so what's going on here now? Like, I know, I know there's something going on, but I'm not sure what that something is just yet. 
And once you realize what's happening, it's it, it's quite fun. Uh, but it, yeah, it's very funny. It, it, both of uh, Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan are really charming in it. And he's having a hell of a year between Fresh and that uh, Pam and Tommy uh, miniseries on Hulu. Um, I'm I'm into it. I, I think he has become an actor that I really am interested in. Uh, directed by uh, a woman named Mimi Cave, um, who has she is the, I think this is her first feature, and boy, I mean it's it's a really solid out of the gate kind of feature um and and again uh, you know i say this all the time on this show i'm excited to hear uh, uh female and and alternate voices in horror other than just the standard you know kind of white dude conversations uh that we have about horror movies so mimi cave i i hope that she is into doing more horror movies because she's a very good uh director and, uh, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, Jason saying, I'm aesthetically bothered that some of the posters make the logo look like Firmsh. Uh, I don't disagree with that, but, uh, I, yeah. Um, yeah, it's still, if you can look past the poster design, I think you're going to have a good time with this. Um, and, uh, Boomer, we're going to get to your, your your watches. I've seen two of those three. I've not seen X yet, uh, which I will before too long. Like I said, had a sick dog. Couldn't really leave uh, him alone um, over the weekend to go off to the theater because I was afraid that um, he would he would make a little bit of a mess while I was gone. I like I like being around to head that off at the pass if I can. Anyway, um, Alan also uh, asking the uh, the important question: What is that hair between her legs? in reference to um, the uh, the spine of night. Of course, the answer is that is not hair. It is a fungus. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, Fresh is good. Spine of the Night is good. Uh, one of those is on Hulu. The other is on Shudder. Um, to, to your point, Boomer. Okay, so haven't seen X yet. Looking forward to that. Malignant we've talked about here on this very show. And my opinion of that has not changed, which is... I love everything about that movie once you're in the holding cell at the end of the movie. Still have my problems with the lead up to that. Although, you know, it's stylish and it's one of my favorite James Wan films, which is a low bar because I'm not a big James Wan fan. But uh, but I, I thought Malignant was... I thought Malignant is fine. Um, I wish it it was more of the end of that movie and less the lead up to that movie. Uh, May, on the other hand... Which of course is a Lucky McKee film, and I'm I'm uh, quite firmly rooted in the Lucky McKee camp. I think he is a, a, a terrific director, and May is one of the best like Frankenstein adaptations, like modern Frankenstein stories uh, that you're likely to see. Um, is Angela Bettis, I think, is the name of the the actress. At any rate, she's uh, terrific in that, um, the male lead whose name I am blanking on, but was in, um, dead and breakfast as well. And I thought that was a terrific, uh, movie. 
There it is. Uh, what is his name? Jeremy Sisto. Yes. Uh, who uh, was on Six Feet Under for a bit, if memory serves. And uh, and I think he was in Dead and Breakfast. If you haven't seen Dead and Breakfast, by the way, uh, let me let me tell you how good. Uh, yeah, he was in Dead and Breakfast in 2004. That movie's almost 20 years old now. We'll have to uh, do a special retrospective on that. Um, Dead and Breakfast. This is a slightly off topic from the the conversation about May. Um, but. Dead and Breakfast is a great zombie slash musical slash comedy. And if you haven't seen it, it's a delight. It's uh, it, one of those really rare finds that I stumbled across. And I don't know a ton of people who have seen it, but everyone I know who has seen it has enjoyed it. Um, Boomer saying, uh, let's see, stayed away from spoilers. And, uh, and yeah, kind of agreeing with me to some extent about, uh, Malignant that the, the first 50 minutes, it's a, a lot of like, so what's going on here? And then when you get the revelation, the what's going on here, part of it, I think was a little too long. And by the time you do get to the, like, oh my God, here's the, the schlocky reality of, of the story. I like, that's the point where I was like, this should have been the whole movie. Why, why was this not the reveal in the end of act one? Um, Jason saying he was watching a Lifetime movie a few weeks ago and was called off guard when uh, he saw Lucky McKee directed it. You know, whatever gets these people the the money to do their indie weird stuff, I'm uh, I'm on board for. Um, Alan also calling out Oz Perkins as being uh, a. I, I assume we're talking about just like really good indie directors. Yes, or was Oz Perkins in Dead and Breakfast? Hold on, hold on. Is, is that what I'm hearing? Because if that is the case, that mm, that could be true. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, eh, there's an actor in the, in Dead and Breakfast that uh, could very well um, be our guy. Um, hold on, hold on. Sure enough, Oz Perkins. Yeah, what is, yes, you're right. Oh my God, I've totally forgotten that he is in that. Oh. Man, that just makes the, the movie all the better. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in that movie, but way before uh, he was anybody. Um, wow, I need to go back. Yeah, all right, let's just put a pin in Dead and Breakfast. That is going to be something that happens uh, before too terribly long. That's probably going to be, maybe in July we'll get to uh, like a travel themed month and dead and breakfast will be part of that uh that's fantastic oh my goodness uh, the fact that oz perkins is in dead and breakfast makes me so happy now it's a good movie it's a really good movie uh, and I, for a long time one of the sort of interstitial songs because there's almost a greek chorus of this you know country band singing about the events of of the uh the movie and uh, I used to have a couple of those songs on various playlists, uh, which are very fun. Anyway, uh, so glad this came up. Dead and Breakfast is wonderful. Um, also, uh, the more Shutter stuff. Uh, a couple of movies that I'm going to tell you maybe not to check out um, are The Bunker Game, which was a recent release to Shutter. 
which isn't a bad story. It's kind of a good ghost story, to be honest. But it just takes forever to get going. And that was a real bummer. I just wanted that movie to go ahead and get started. And by the time it really starts, it's over. Uh, So the Bunker game is interesting. Not really well executed. What it would make me... Uh, 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 like that. If it were a, a thirty-minute short film, it would be great. But the fact that it's like an hour, uh, hour and a half of feature, eh, not so good. Um, also not so good is uh, the seed, which uh, kind of got a fair amount of buzz when it was releasing to Shutter. If you're, or maybe it didn't. Maybe it's just because I'm, you know. In, in watching the the horror community on Twitter and Facebook and so forth, and it seemed like a lot of people were talking about the seed. Um, this is something that Jason will tell you. I compared to a movie called The Item, which anytime you're being compared to the movie The Item, you have you have fucked up. And the seed reminded me a little too much of that, but I almost think, in the grand scheme of things, will I remember the seed a year from now? Probably not. Will I remember the item? Always. Always I will remember the movie The Item. Um, yeah, so Boomer saying that uh, he, he listened in on the conversation I have with Jamie about that movie. Yeah, it, it just feels like it's a wasted opportunity. There There's some interesting stuff at work there, but um, a bit of a bummer. And, um, and as far as just the... Uh, you know, here here are the the things that I've been watching that I haven't really been talking about in other spaces too much. Um, the other one I would recommend, another Shutter um, recommendation, is the movie Livid, uh, which is um, the movies from. Let me see if I can get their their names right. Um, it is Alexander Bustillo and Julian Mori, uh, French directors. And this is another one, much like Fresh. Like I'm not going to tell you much more about it, other than you should you should watch it. It's super weird. Um, the description of the movie, and I think I told, uh, I might have told Jamie this as well, but I know I talked to, to uh, Duncan about it too. That the description of the movie is, hey, these three narrative wells break into this woman's house. And they're on the hunt for buried treasure, and there's supernatural stuff afoot. And somebody on the Discord, I think it was Lori, Lori on the Discord had said, like, well, I feel like I've seen the movie just based on that description. And when I went into it, that's kind of what I was thinking, too, is like, oh, I I feel like I know what this movie is going to be. And then I totally did not. That movie zigs and zags all over the place. That movie is bonkers. In, In a really good way, like, I don't... I, I think I told Duncan this. I don't know what the point of Livid is, but I know that I really liked watching Livid. So uh, I, I recommend that one. It's a very strange movie, uh, but I like it. I really like it. Um, let's see. So uh, Boomer also saying, it is weird how many people like the seed. Yeah, it feels to me like, that people like the premise of the seed and and the execution of that movie, I just don't think is very good. Um, I like the fact that you you're kind of dealing with somewhat unlikable characters, but that only gets you so far. Um, 
And then Boomer says, although I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and everyone hates that. Uh, oh, you're talking about the, the new one? Um, yeah, I did not care for the new one very much. Um, I don't, I, I, I talked with Jamie about that some, I believe, but yeah, I, I, that feels like it's almost about something, but it, 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 it's superficially, uh, you know, like very superficial social commentary. Um, okay. So while we're talking about movies though, let me just point out, um, I, I know that Jason uh, jumped on this. There is a streaming group watch service called Stream Lounge. And we've, we've done stuff before with Cast. And this feels like the evolution of that. And so the idea behind Stream Lounge is um, you can, you know, kind of group watch a movie and pause it and, and that kind of thing. But the thing that makes it less of a gray area in terms of the legality of it is that everyone has to have a subscription to the service that you're watching the movie on. And then Stream Lounge does the control of like, if I'm hosting it, then I host the movie and everybody is, you know, watching it at the same time. And there's some integration as far as uh, being able to do the camera and microphone that cast was a, a, like real difficult with. And anyway, so we tested it out uh, Friday night with um, uh, 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 the, the most recent episode of Slasher, uh, season four, episode five, which is going to be so much fun to talk about. Uh, not a good episode, but then again, none of them really are. But it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to Duncan about that one. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. So, but we watched that and I thought it went off pretty well. Like, you know, Jason can correct me, but we'll see. Um, uh, but I, I, I expect probably tomorrow. So, you know, watch, watch Twitter and Facebook uh, for Dark Parade and, and maybe tomorrow we'll be doing another movie, but like an actual movie and not just a, an episode of Slasher. Uh, so anyway, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good service and, um, I'm going to look for something on Netflix or shutter right now. There are only so many streaming services that they offer like HBO, Disney, um, shutter, no Hulu. Otherwise we would do a, a, a viewing a fresh, um, and I'm forgetting something major HBO, Disney plus. Netflix, Shutter, uh, those four for sure, and a couple of others, but those are the big ones. Um, at any rate, uh, let's see. Jason saying uh, he wasn't feeling great, so uh, watched a movie called The Special, which was somewhat related to The Seed, um, because Gooey Body Hoarder is apparently what he does when he's not feeling good. Um, I haven't seen the special, I don't think. I'll have to look that one up. Um, but, you know, body horror ain't bad. When you're, when you're in a particular mood, there's no reason not to. Um, so anyway, but yeah, uh, Stream Lounge, a free service you sign up for it, you know, just, uh, throw them your, your email address and whatnot. That, that's kind of your, your cost of admission. And, uh, and then you log into the services through the app 
and then you can watch and host uh movies through that so at any rate i i would i'm gonna do some more of that i thought that would be cool um yes that's right it's a watch party over on stream lounge uh like i said just kind of keep an eye out on on twitter and the facebook group for dark parade tomorrow and i'll look for a a movie that uh, would be fun to kind of goof on um they're they're promising to be access and once that happens then all bets are off and then we're just gonna start watching a bunch of found footage nonsense uh rayman what's going on man nice to see you um jason saying he's going to talk about the special on an upcoming podcast episode uh if he can manage not to get lazy so very good very good um all right let's talk about uh, a couple of uh news stories before we wrap things up um actually i'll tell you what before we get into the news stories and uh and feel free to drop questions into the chat as always um, let's briefly talk about the Oscars, which are happening this very evening, uh, could be going on now. And, uh, so here's what is nominated. Um, so actors, and I just kind of want to run through a couple of big categories and just kind of chit chat for a sec. Um, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for power of the dog, uh, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Will Smith for King Richard. And Denzel Washington for Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, all nominated for Best Actor. You would think, based on the buzz, this is going to be Benedict Cumberbatch's to lose. Uh, or Will Smith for King Richard. One of those two, I think, is where that's going to land. Um, Best Actress, Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Based on what I have heard, that is going to be Jessica Chastain for Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, so that's actor, that's actress. Let's let's do uh, director and picture, and then and then we can, you know, chit chat about whatever you want, Oscar related. Uh, best director, uh, P.T. Anderson for uh, Licorice Pizza. Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, uh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. I don't really have a read on this one. It feels like maybe Jane Campion for Power of the Dog or Steven Spielberg for West Side Story, even though that movie was kind of a bomb. Uh, Everything I've heard about the direction of that movie was substantial and... You know, it might be time to, to kind of nod at Spielberg once more. And then let's do Best Picture real quick. Best Picture is uh, Belfast, uh, the Kenneth Branagh, Ireland, The Troubles movie. Uh, Coda, which I'm not super familiar with. Um, which, eh. Anyway, don't know much about Coda. Don't Look Up, which is the Adam McKay movie. Um, And Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Um, If I had to to make a guess, and I used to be really good at the Oscar pools. I I, I tended to bring bring the the action home. Um, In my heart, it's Nightmare Alley. I think Nightmare Alley is a superb movie, and I wish it would win. Probably going to be 
power of the dog, look for the dark horse of King Richard. Um, King Richard is nominated in enough places that that could, that could land, but I'm not, I, I would not be surprised if you saw a sweep for Jane Campion and power of the dog for best actor, best director, best picture. Um, and anyway, so that's, that is probably where I land. Uh, and, and drive my car almost a lock for adapted screenplay. Uh, because I don't think it's going to win Best Picture, but especially after Parasite, you know, the the Academy likes to look like they are, um, you know, uh, multicultural and, and accepting of, of art from the world over and that kind of thing. So, uh, and I've heard Drive My Car is amazing. I haven't seen it yet. Um, all right. What did I miss here? Uh, da, 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 da. The special was pretty good. Weird as hell. It's a B. Harrison Smith flick. B. Harrison Smith. Why should I know that name? Um, and Andrew says, it feels like uh, Power of the Dog was going to all but get it, but now Coda is uh, potentially spoiling that. I haven't seen Coda, and it's, uh, I mean, this is going to sound like I'm an idiot, but is it something about uh, a deaf guy? Or something, um, you know, like a, it feels like a, a sound of metal follow up in some ways, but that could just be me being, uh, you know, an idiot. Uh, although sound of metal is amazing, uh, if you've never seen it. Uh, B. Harrison Smith uh, did Camp Dread, Elephant's Graveyard. Uh, the special, where the scary things are, a movie called Monkey Island. Well, now we're onto something. And all I want for Christmas, which has to be a lifetime movie, right? Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, so the special from 2020. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. All right. I'm I'm into it. I'll uh, I'll check this out. Um, so, uh, Rayman saying Del Toro makes everything seem so easy. It still blows my mind that they don't just give him all the money to do whatever he wants. Yeah. It, you know, this, I, I almost said this about fresh, but I think Del Toro, much like David Fincher is ultimately going to end up being contracted by one of the streaming services because his movies are not box office winners, you know, because they're not superhero movies and they're not animated kids movies. And so if you're not one of those two things, it's hard to find a place in theaters. Um, you know, if, if it's not designed to be a blockbuster and you know, like Fincher did that fresh is a great example. Like if I, if you had seen fresh in the theater, it, it felt like a get out, you know, like, uh, that kind of Blumhouse, sort of movie that used to be popping up in theaters. And I just don't think you see that much anymore. I suppose X is, is the closest to that lately. And, you know, even malignant was, you know, and maybe because of the, the pandemic, but like that was a movie that premiered on HBO as well. It was in the theaters, but you know, same day streaming. And, Given the fact, like, I love going to the movies, but every time I go to the movies, I walk out of there pissed off because the behavior of people has gotten so bad in a theater. Um, not just in a theater, but, you know, this grumbly old man of just, people aren't polite and respectful anymore. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, it, they're just not, you know, there, <laughs> there is nothing that, that drives me up the wall more than being in the middle of the movie and seeing a sudden glow of a cell phone when you're watching the film and it distracts you from the screen because all of a sudden there's this competing bright light and you just want to chunk a cinder block at the head of the person holding the phone. Um, I, I, it drives me crazy and I would much rather watch a movie in a controlled environment where I, I can focus on the movie. Um, I'm not one of those people that's like, well, I want to be able to pause and go take a leak and make popcorn and that kind of stuff. I don't care about that. I just don't want to be distracted from the, the movie going experience. And, and it's rare these days that I've gone to a movie where I did not feel distracted from the movie going experience by the people around me. Um, so, you know, as much as I love, I, you know, I used to say when I was a kid, you know, the closest thing I have to a church in my life is a movie theater. And now that's just not the case. Um, I, I really love movies. I love movies just about more than I, I love anything. But I don't love going to the movies anymore, and that breaks my heart a little bit. Um, but, you know, watching it at home in an environment where I've got a big screen, and and by big screen, I mean, you know, 100-ish inches, and good sound and that kind of thing, I can replicate the experience that I want pretty closely. It's not, it's not ideal. Uh, it will be. Once I get the basement refinished, it's going to be more like a... Uh, a seven dot one sound system as opposed to the the five dot one um but you know it's pretty good it's pretty good um so but i think i think there is room in the world for streaming services to be the home of like uh, a nightmare alley or fresh or something like that where you know the 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 stigma of being straight to a streaming service i don't think exists the way that it did uh, even three or four years ago, like pre pandemic, it was all, you know, Hey, this is just a straight to video kind of thing. These days, I think it's more like, no, 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 this is, this, this is honest to goodness movies. Uh, now, um, let's see, uh, Robert saying I'm torn for animated feature between Encanto or the Mitchells, uh, Mitchells versus machines, which I, I haven't seen either of those. I haven't seen anything animated this year. The only thing animated I've seen in the past like six months has been um, Moana again when I was when I was vacationing with uh, with Brandy and her nieces wanted to watch it. Um, Jason saying the Stream Lounge experience was very solid. Yeah, I think that's a Stream Lounge it seems cool, and uh, I'm on the Discord for that, and the developers seem really responsive. In fact, one of the developers popped in. Uh, while we were doing the stream the other night and was just hanging out and I, it, it, it seems really cool. I, I like that service a lot. At some point they'll probably charge for it, but they don't yet. I'm hoping to get grandfathered in, get in early, you know, make myself, uh, important to them so that they would never think of charging me. So, um, Andrew saying, thank God for a 24 giving us great theatrical weird movies. Yeah. And, and as long as it lasts, I'm still. I hope it does. Like, you're right. A24 is one of the last holdouts of, like, we're going straight to the theaters uh, with, with this stuff, which is great. Um, I, I would have been angry if I saw Lamb uh, in the theaters. I did not think that was a great A24 film. But, um, you know, The Northman I will go see in the theater uh, because I want to support that stuff. And 
but that's also uh, like the given with that is like I'm probably going to be the only person in the theater, so I get to experience it the way I want because nobody around here is going to go see the Northman at you know two o'clock on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> Boomer saying he was the only person in X and Oma. Um, yeah, yeah. I I saw that you had seen both of those, and I'm I'm curious about both of those movies as well. Um, yeah, I you know, but it, it's kind of sad that that's what it's come to is like oh I hope when I go to this movie that it's not filled with people you know because at one time the great joy was like oh you get to see this with a movie and it kind of experience um all of this together and you know when I go see that last Spider-Man movie, I don't really care, you know, if people are going to be, uh, whooping it up and whatnot, like it's a big circus of a movie. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, but if it's, yeah, if it's something I really care about, uh, more than just superficially, like I like those Marvel movies, but you know, I'll be the first to admit that they're not, you know, sub substantive movies. They're not art. Uh, I agree with, uh, what Scorsese said to some degree that like, you know, these are movies and they're a good time, but they're not art. Um, not in the way that like the lighthouse is a work of art. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, and da, 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 Andrew says, chances are, unless it's a Marvel movie, the theater isn't going to be that filled up anyways. You're right. You're right. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jason saying stream launch doesn't quite meet my needs for sharing movies, but I'm definitely down for watching. Yeah. It, if, if you're trying to share something from your library, that's really weird. It's not going to meet that standard, but yeah, for the kind of thing that I'm interested in doing, which is like, just as a community, let's get together and watch this movie that is either good or weird or stupid or, you know, just something that would be a good time for us to all get together and, and kind of watch and goof on. Um, that I think fits the bill and that's, that's more what I'm, I'm interested in. Although I would love, uh, you know, I think Plex is probably the way to handle the reverse of that, of just like, Hey, here's something that I own that I want you to see, but eh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, Andrew saying, I hope people go see the Northmen. So Eggers will continue to make the movies he wants a hundred percent. Robert Eggers is a guy that you just need to leave alone and let him reemerge every, you know, five years or so with whatever weird shit he has come up with. Um, he's made what two movies so far Has he only made the two with Northman being the third. And I would argue, um, he is my, maybe my favorite, you know, young director working. Um, you know, I like Simon Wright a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's see. Da, 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 da. Yeah, which lighthouse in the Northmen are the only the only features, and um, yeah, I I think he's he's a brilliant guy. Um, it it almost feels shameful that he is not just given license, and but in the same way that a Del Toro is. Um, but yeah, he should continue to just make whatever the hell he wants. It, like tying him to a Marvel movie would be a waste of his talent. Um, Boomer says I'm there for the Northmen and uh, and Men later in April. Yeah, sure, Men looks good as well. Uh, Andrew saying he's three for three. I mean, I haven't seen the 
the uh, the Northmen yet, but but in terms of Master of Horror, like the scientific analysis of is Robert Eggers a Master of Horror? The first two films, second one arguably not a horror film, but I, I I'm gonna consider it a surrealist horror film. Uh, two for two, and so yeah, he's just a. I love living in the worlds that he creates, and there is something about his approach to filmmaking, and it could be uh, an almost Wes Anderson kind of twee, you know, the way that he he uses uh, aspect ratios and black and white and, you know, um, the, the heavy use of just kind of surrealist imagery and stuff. You can make the argument that Robert Eggers is a little too artsy-fartsy for his own good, um, but only, only, I would argue, if... Uh, you are not down with what Robert Eggers is doing with those films. And I, I just, I love it. I love it so much. I think he's, he's just an absolute master craftsman. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ramman saying Northman men and Nope are uh, among the most anticipated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think all of those sound great, you know, and, and it's a conversation we've had both here on Sinister Sundays before, and I've just had personally with people, which is, you know, there is nothing that makes for good horror like um, a time of social and political unrest. And I don't think you have to look very far to see the social and pol political unrest in this country. And as a result, there's all this kind of free-flowing uh, anxiety out in the wild. And so I think that's... That's, you're seeing that reflected in the art and you know like the the lighthouse may be not exactly a one-to-one -one, but certainly in the work of um what you see with uh jordan peele is very much of the moment and is a, a nice cap uh like uh, uh, encapsulation of, of some of the anxieties out there i think uh, nita costas candy man is a great example of that men looks like a very much a story of of this time. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, there's a, what, what more could you want than, um, to, to live in, in a, if you're going to have to live in a time of this kind of upheaval, then at least there is some art to kind of help you deal with it and process and think about it. And, um, I, you know, I was listening to somebody the other day talking about video games and saying, that it was good to have um, games like, you know, Call of Duty and, and Medal of Honor and that kind of thing um, when thinking about the invasion of Ukraine. And even though it might seem tasteless, but also his point was, like, I grew up with video games, and video games is a way to help me kind of process some of the emotions that I'm feeling, and especially when it comes to you know, a war in Eastern Europe, it helps to process these feelings of, you know, anxiety and uncertainty and all that, um, in regards to war is to play games that are about war. And it, it doesn't mean that you're enjoying it as a simulation, but it's just, you know, whatever it brings up, um, whatever that, you know, liminal dissonance is between I am, you know, sitting here on my couch murdering Nazis Meanwhile, you know, half a half a globe away, people are trying to defend their home from an invading force that there's something about the process of that dissonance that helps you think about it and 
uh, and, and give shape to your thoughts. And, and, um, like I've recently been reading, um, men, women, and chainsaws. And which is, if, if you are not familiar with it, it is uh, a book that's about 20 years old now, but, uh, no older than that, maybe 30 years old at any rate. Uh, I will get to the bottom of that, but it, it, it was one of the first feminist studies, um, of horror films and, um, Hold on, here we go. Men, Women, and Chainsaws, when... 93 is when that first came out. So, yeah. So, th- about 30 years old at this point. And uh, C- Carol J. Clover was the the author. It's a very academic piece. If, if you have read it, God bless you, because it's dense as hell. Um, tons of footnotes, that kind of thing. It, it, it like It's more like a college dissertation than it is a, a you know, c- consumer-friendly book. But I really enjoy it, and not because I necessarily agree with all of it, uh, because I don't. It's very Freudian, and I don't always go for Freudian explanations. But it does help me think about the movies that I watch in a way that I haven't thought about them before. And I find there to be an enormous amount of value, because it's like I talk about horror movies all the time, and I'm going to get bored of myself if I don't look at them through a new lens and, and think about them through a different kind of prism and, and perspective. And like I said, even though I don't necessarily agree with all of the conclusions in Men, Women, and Chainsaws, I really value the perspective so that when I think about, like I've, I've been rewatching uh, a bunch of 80 slashers because of the series that we're going to be doing next month. And in so doing, I find myself thinking about those movies in a slightly different way of, not just from a purely feminist point of view of like, well, is this, you know, uh, is, is, is this casting the, the women in this movie in the role of victims um, or heroes? And, and sort of Clover's conclusion is that they're kind of both. Um, but also the perspective of the camera and where, where does that place me as the viewer? Am, am, I, am I the killer? Am I the victim? Sometimes both, sometimes neither. Um, and what is that? Like what, what is the psychological, uh, uh, need that that is fulfilling to some degree? Why do I like it? And, and so it's fun to think about that stuff and, and engage with that stuff. And, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with reading an idea that is counter to your own, uh, because that helps you sharpen your own feelings about a thing. That's something that Winston Churchill used to say is, you know, arguing the point, um, it helps you understand your own position better. Um, so yeah. Uh, Andrew also saying, let him, con- uh, let, uh, Robert Eggers continue to work with Anya Taylor joy. Anya Taylor joy. I keep saying this is just a movie star. She belongs in every movie as far as I'm concerned. And yes, please work with Robert Eggers more. Uh, Alan saying everything is fine. It's great. Uh, yeah, that, that's how I feel too. Um, Boomer saying, also want to see Elvis, uh, kind of love Boz Lerman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not the biggest Boz Lerman fan, but I'm interested in it. Uh, I wonder how that movie is going to do. I wonder, it's interesting to hear you say that you're looking forward to it because one of the things I wondered when I saw the trailer is like, does anyone really give a shit about Elvis anymore? Maybe. I don't, I don't know that that's true, but, but we'll see. 
Um, uh, Boomer asking, dumb question, is it on Audible? Uh, just drive a lot, so that helps me keep up with books uh, in reference to men, women, and chainsaws. It is on Audible. Uh, I have not listened. The The problem with the – I got it on Kindle, and the problem with it is it's a scan of the book. It's not, you know, like it's a scan of the pages. And one of the things I really like is having the the whisper sync feature of Kindle and Audible where, um, you know, you can read three chapters and then if you're on a drive, you can just throw the Audible version of the book on and it'll pick up from where you were reading. And you, there was no option for that with Men, Women, and Chainsaws. So it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to pick how I'm consuming this. And I decided, well, I'm just going to read it. And so I'm about a third a fourth of the way through the book i don't want to oversell where i am because like i said it's a very academic book and it's very dense um i did on the ship though uh on the boat i read uh, a book that is non-horror related called dreamers of the day uh which was a, a terrific book but i did that with that i had the both the kindle and the audible version of it and it was wonderful um alan saying have you read house of psychotic women i have not um I, I'll I'll put that on the list though because I let me let me make sure I know the one you're talking about but I think I do in fact um yeah 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 okay so yeah that was a book that I was I was definitely looking at um as, as picking up alongside um men women and chainsaws but I think once I finish men women and chainsaws I'm gonna want something a little escapist because it is such a, like when I'm reading that book, it's like, I am, I'm having to stop and think like, okay, did I understand what the point that Clover was making there? Cause I don't want to just glance over it and have like, it's already difficult for me to kind of exactly phrase the argument that she's making in some of the book. Um, so I want to make sure that I'm not just a dope when I'm reading, uh, that and the next book, I'm like, I just want, to uh uh like to kind of not shut my mind off but i just want something that's going to be a little more entertaining a little bit of a quicker read uh so i will probably um i'll probably read something that's a little trashy uh next but you know uh there there's a place for all of that i would argue um okay so, uh, yeah, I, I will definitely check it out though, Alan. And, um, like I said, I, I really enjoy, you know, thinking about these movies in different ways. I, I, I think people that are just like knee jerk, well, that I don't want to, some feminist to tell me how to feel about movies. They're just going to tell me I should feel bad about it. Cause I'm a guy and I, that's not really the case. You know, men, women, and chainsaws is not making that argument really. It's just more an examination of like why why do we watch these movies that are very much about you know women in peril, but also what what psychological need is that fulfilling? And given that the, the horror horror audience is largely young men, what is that saying about what young men are getting out of these movies in in regards to? you know, there is sort of the gender identity of that. And one of the interesting points that the book makes is that, you know, it kind of throws young men into the position of relating to women in a way that is much more intimate than 
most other forms of media and, and kind of presents it not necessarily as a positive, but as different than like when you watch, watch an action film, very rarely is the protagonist of the action film, a woman, whereas in a horror film, especially slashers, almost entirely the protagonist is a woman and it forces you to identify with a woman in a way that you don't with other kinds of films. So anyway, interesting. Like I said, don't agree with all of it. Very interesting. Um, uh, Boomer says Troop by Nick Cutter is a banger for entertainment purposes. Yeah. So my, um, this is getting into the personal weeds to some extent, but, uh, a, Many weeks ago at this point, a um, couple of months ago, um, the 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 woman I was dating, Brandy, who I've mentioned on this show and, and so forth, uh, and we ended up splitting up, which was really kind of unexpected. And it was really uh, like it really hit me because I, I thought it was kind of done uh, looking for somebody to date. And so uh, over the past few weeks, um, by which I mean the very recent few weeks. So I started seeing somebody else and, and she's kind of a big science fiction nerd, uh, which is kind of interesting uh, because I'm not like, I I know some science fiction, but I haven't read a lot of science fiction. So she's been feeding me uh, some books that like, Hey, if you're interested in exploring these kind of science fiction ideas, these are some good books. So I think it might be a science fiction book I read next, but, um, uh, but Troop is something I will put on the list as well. Uh, I'm not sure. It depends on, like, look, to be totally honest with you guys, I don't know how long it's going to take me to read Men, Women, and Chainsaws. I get through about a chapter a week um, of that, which a chapter is about, you know, 50, 60 pages. So it is it is sometimes tough for me to work my way through. Because, again, it's like reading a dissertation. It is not the easiest thing. Um, but I will... I will, I will finish it by God. The next chapter is all about possession movies. And I'm very curious about the Freudian ex- examination of that. Um, so anyway, but thank you. Look, that's another thing that I've kind of wanted to do on dark parade is to do, uh, more literate literature, you know, not necessarily literature is, is maybe overblowing some of the stuff that I want to do. Cause at some point a Jack Ketchum book will show up and is that literature? I don't know. It's it's book. It's you you read it with your eyes and understand it with your mind. So I guess it is kind of literature, but um, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, we're gonna be doing uh, some more book related stuff. Uh, I think on Dark Parade as as I get to get the time to uh, put that together and um, and I would like that to be you know kind of an interview thing as opposed to just. Like the found footage fool stuff is fun because I get to go on and just talk about a movie that I saw and it's, you know, just a direct communication with you guys. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to talking about a book, I, I, it's best if you're bouncing that off of someone else. Um, and I prefer not to do as many solo shows like this. Uh, the found footage fool is fine because they're kind of quick bites. They're, you know, generally 15 to 20 minutes. This is a little bit longer, but it's more engaging with you guys. And, um, everything else I do has a co-host, and I, I prefer that. So I want to do a book thing, but I also don't want to do it solo. Um, boomer saying, sorry to hear about that, but happy you're bouncing back. Yeah, man. That's the thing is, you know, 
you have to take your time, lick your wounds, but also, you know, it, it, it doesn't pay to, to linger for too long on, on the, the dark stuff. Um, it was, it was definitely a bummer. Uh, breaking up with Brandy was neither my idea, nor was it expected. Um, and it was, uh, it was a real disappointment. And, you know, I took a, a few weeks there where that's what I did. I just kind of licked my wounds and I thought about it. And, but also I was like, I, I don't want to sit around, listen to cure records forever. You know, let's, let's go on a couple of dates. And as it happened, I like, I was not looking to jump into another relationship right away. I was really just looking to have a, a few dates and just, you know, get back in the saddle. But, um, the, the lady I have gone on a couple of dates with and I have, uh, have gotten along. So, you know, we'll see how it goes you, again. It's shit you can't control. And, uh, and so you just enjoy it in the moment is my philosophy. Uh, the Chuck Tingle cast. Good Lord. Good Lord. That's like the, the Grady Hendrix cast. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Grady Hendrix is I, like, I try to read, uh, the final girls support group. Ugh, man, what a slog that is. That is not a great book. Uh, even, even as someone that enjoys some, sh- some schlocky stuff, you know, Grady Hendrix, it has that kind of, uh, uh, wh- what's the guy who did happy death day? Uh, Chris Landon. Is that right? Uh, the, the writer director of happy death day. Uh, yeah. Christopher Landon. Um, where it's just like, I'm going to take this kind of film, give it a little bit of a spin where it's just in a modern context and using, you know, like let's take slasher movies and now we've got a a support group for all the final girls or, uh, like the Southern ladies guide to vampire killing of like, let's take vampires, but here's a group of older women who have to deal with it or, you know, it, it's it's nice as a single trick. It is uh, much tougher if that's all you're doing every time out when when you go to bat with your next project. And you know, then again, they're both uh, able to pursue their artistic passions. Uh, you know, and are getting are able to do it without like holding down a job at the Home Depot. So God bless them. They're doing something right that I ain't doing. Um, <laughs> but we're saying, uh, uh, I always linger. That's why I write so many metaphorical horror short stories. When you talk about, uh, personal, um, uh, personal tragedy. Yeah, man, it's I think it's a function of age as well. Just the, the older you get, you're like, I just can't do this forever. I can't, I mean, there's no point in feeling bad any longer than I have to. Sometimes you can't help it. But also at a certain point, just like, ah, this is not, it's not how I want to live. I'm a, I'm a reasonably happy guy and, uh, I, I would like to remain that way and torturing yourself. Like the world is going to kick you in the balls enough. You don't have to kick yourself in the balls to help it out. Um, Travis asking, did, did I finish judgment? I have not. I'll tell you the game I've been hooked on guys. Um, is I have been watching or not watching, but I've been playing, vampire survivors a ton which is a a steam game i think it's like three or four dollars and the whole game is that you uh you don't shoot anything and you just you 
it, it's a bunch of monsters attacking you in waves and you are constantly spewing out these attacks. And as you kill monsters, you pick up these orbs and those orbs are used to buy uh, upgrades to the shit that you are spewing out of yourself to kill those things. And it is this loop of I'm getting better shit to kill these things and more of these things are showing up to drop orbs to give me better shit to kill these things. And it is, it, I mean, it's very much a, like a, a rogue light in that you're making these runs and eventually the waves will get so big that you just can't survive them. And I love it. It's so good. You can upgrade your stats in between runs and blah, blah, blah. I am, oof, I'm hooked on it. It, it has been a real something. Uh, I'm, I'm at some point I'm probably going to do a stream of it just you know, just because, uh, I'm not particularly good at it, but it also doesn't require that much skill, which is also kind of where I live in terms of gaming. Um, so yeah, uh, vampire survivors is what I've been playing lately. Judgment. I, I will get back to at some point, but I got, you know, 15, 20 hours into it and was just like, okay, I'm maybe it's because, uh, it, it's not quite as ridiculous as Yakuza like a dragon, that I'm, I'm, I'm into it. It's fun, but I'm not as into it because it's not quite as crazy as I want it to be. Uh, but I'll get back to it. I'll get back to it. I've been playing a little bit of uh, tunic as well, which is, is fun. Um, I'm not big on, on those kind of Zelda alikes, but it, it's really well done. It's an interesting game. Um, Jason saying Southern Gothic with actual Gothic feels like there should be something there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Combine this with this other thing and it'll be popular. You know, there's there's room for that. Um, Alan says, Grady Hendrix is married to one of my favorite chefs. Um, cool. Uh, I, I, I'm <laughs> When you say that, the first thing I thought of was just how much I missed the food that was on the boat when I was on that cruise. My God, I ate so well. It was so good. Like, I, in fairness, I have been religiously exercising... Um, I'm now like, I've dropped more weight. I'm like the past, I'm, I weigh less now than I did in the past four years. Um, you know, so I feel much better, but also I miss having that delicious food to cram into my face on the boat. Uh, and I'm, I'm now like forced to like, all right, yeah, right. I got to start working out every day again. God damn it. And not eat, you know, escargot and these pecan tarts and oh my god it was so good um boomer saying we need a bow philosophy book i was a philosophy minor uh and uh, but my philosophy is best summed up with like eh, it you know life is short be as happy as you can spread that happiness around as best you can that's really it um hades would be a fun stream um i'm not that good at hades it would be you're right it would be a fun stream to watch somebody better at that game uh, play it. I'm not very good. Like I'm, I'm not good at the, the, that kind of Twitch, uh, you know, kind of boss fight at this point. Um, I, again, just an effect of getting a hold of, we'll, we'll do vampire survivors at some point and, uh, and I'll show that off because that's, that's super fun. I might do, I might try to do some of that next weekend. I'm on call next weekend. So I'm kind of trapped around the house. I might do some of that. Um, and Jason saying the Tao of Bo. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, 
at some point I might put pen to paper on that. But honestly, when I'm writing these days, um, it is mostly uh, either technical stuff that I write on the side. And I'm thinking of, there, there have been a number of times I thought I should adapt some of the screenplays that I've done into a novel form. It would not be that difficult to do. Like it's already plotted out and it would be kind of fun to release it in those forms. Um, I just don't know that, you know, to quote, uh, the girl next door, if, uh, the, the juice would be worth the squeeze on that. Cause it would take a lot of time. I mean, it would take, you know, a couple, three months to write it and get it edited in a shape that I would feel good about releasing it. And would it be financially worthwhile to spend that much time on, on that thing and, and just not get paid? Like I, I could spend the same amount of time doing technical work and actual actually make money on it you know um jason says uh he decided to give dc universe online a go 10 years late to the uh to the party i've tinkered with that i fell off of it every time that i've i've tried to dive into dc universe online i've bounced off of it real real hard uh i'll get about level five or ten and i'm like i just this all feels so go here, kill three of these things. Uh, I tried some of the um, Final Fantasy fourteen online as well. And that seems really interesting as an MMO. I just don't, I don't have the time to consistently play an MMO to really get out of it what, what I should. So I, you know, I pick my battles. These days, like I said, I play... Uh, the, the other thing I like about Vampire Survivors is that the runs are no more than 20 or 30 minutes long. And I can play a run or two and, and be done. Um, uh, since we're on YouTube, Boomer asks, have you heard about Stuckman's movie? Excited to see what he does. Uh, give me some more information, Boomer. I'm not... Uh, I am not familiar. Uh... I don't, I don't watch a lot of his stuff. I'm looking at, at, at his, yeah, I know who we're talking about, but, um, I, I have not heard what movie he is. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I did hear about this. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, um, yes, I will, I will be excited to see what he does. I haven't watched a lot of his YouTube channel. Again, see above regarding just not having time to do that kind of shit. Uh, as much as I would like to, but when I heard that he was getting, um, he, that he had kickstarted it, right. And, and got a huge response out of it. I thought that was really cool. I think Kickstarter is great. Uh, you know, for every time it doesn't work out, there's something like this where, you know, I saw on Twitter where he was like, dude, this is life changing. Like I can make this movie now and it's incredible. So yeah, I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, Travis says he's still waiting for the Shodcast cookbook. Yeah, you and me both. I, I think that may ultimately become there. There's been a running gag about doing uh, a cookbook called "Hey Fat Ass" um, that I'm I might end up doing again. I wish I had time where I could just do nothing but indulge in all these little projects that I would like to. But turns out I gotta work for a living. Um, Shelby Oaks is the. Uh, the name of that movie. Um, yeah, I, I think that's great. I I'm glad I'm curious to see what that movie looks like. Uh, I think it's fantastic. Um, okay. Well, you know, I was going to do some news, 
but it also, uh, we've been going for, you know, almost an hour and a half at this point. So I think we're just going to wrap it up and, uh, we'll just have to do this again sooner. So if I look at my handy dandy schedule, ladies and jelly spoons, it looks to me like the next time we will be doing this will be the 17th, which will be Easter. So, uh, I will try to come up with a, a handful of good zombie movie lists for the Easter broadcast. Um, uh, in the meantime, uh, like I said, there's a bunch of stuff coming, um, th- this coming week, you're going to have uh, resident evil with court. You're going to get the heart of horror. You're going to get a new pick six movies on the rock. Um, we're going to have, uh, starting next week, you're going to get April fool's day. You're going to get a new found footage fool. You're going to get some happy birthday to me. You're going to get uh, a what you watching, like all of that between now and when next we do this. So pretty cool, pretty cool. A lot of stuff coming and, uh, and I hope, um, a lot more, uh, to come a lot more interesting and different stuff. So, um, thanks for hanging out. Thank you guys so much for the questions and the interaction and all that stuff. I love it. Like I said, uh, if you are not subscribed, uh, on, um, Twitter, subscribe following on Twitter at dark parade pod. If you're not on Facebook, um, where you'll see, uh, uh, the dark parade Facebook group. Um, if you can hit up one of those places, and, um, I will be announcing like when we're going to ne- do the next stream lounge thing, like I said, probably going to be tomorrow. And I'll announce that sometime, uh, tomorrow during the day. And we'll probably do it around six o'clock, seven o'clock central time, seven o'clock, eight o'clock Eastern somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, if I come up with a, uh, a good movie and, um, that's it. Thanks so much for all the support you guys have given me with dark parade. It's been a blast and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you real soon. So, Uh, Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.